0: Do you think do you think all of our FOSS could tell that we were eating popcorn while recording? If Sorry, we continued to... I was eating too loud. I can you hear... even hear me? What? Can you hear us, I see? Is it that obvious?
1: Barely. I can barely hear you guys.
0: Welcome to Funny fellas. Welcome. Welcome to Footy Fellas. welcome to Footy Fellas. Coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're gonna be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games. Yeah, that's right. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod. F O O T Y Fellas Pod today. We are talking Los Clásicos. That's right. That's multiple El Clásicos for all you Spanish majors. Uh, All the big rivalry matchups that went down on Sunday, including Liverpool-Man U, Barcelona-Real Madrid, Inter-Juventus, and PSG-Marseille. So we're truly going worldwide. And there were also three red cards in four games. So you could say they were Clásicos. Uh, Energetic, dramatic,
2: dramatic uh and contentious because i think looking at those score lines a lot of tight ones all of them very tight games um (laughs) with that could have gone either way and that's kind of what you want you want aggression you want those red cards um and just good hard fought very even battles
1: (laughs) yeah you couldn't agree more there jones every game was very close score lines say so um managers should all keep their jobs it was it was that kind of a sunday for all these teams
0: It's just a tough, it's a tough game for a fan when you tune into any of the analysis afterwards and the debate is whether the manager keeps their job. Like they're not talking about the game, they're talking about whether the manager should remain in their job. Imagine if you gave a presentation and you're looking for feedback, genuine feedback, because you want to get better at your job. And the whole team, you join a meeting and they don't realize you're there. And the, the meeting is about whether you should be fired.
1: <laughs> no, it's whether your boss should be fired.
0: <laughs> should we fire
1: his boss? True, He's not true. doing well at all.
2: That's a very good point. And the thing is, even if it was talked about you, whether you're in the meeting or not, I think that's the that's the point of social media is like, you can't avoid that. You are going to hear people talking about you. So it's like people openly in the hallway are like debating whether or not you should be fired now or you should have been fired a while ago and like who and then everyone's like well we could fire max but like who we who's going to replace him, him with <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not even anyone at the job you know it's no right. no, one at right. the, no one at the current place right. of work so right. it's like who do we replace him with i don't know but he's got to go it's time for him to leave like we don't have a good replacement i guess we get the recruiters on this one but it's just his time
2: he won the champions league for us in 99 but aside from that <laughs> aside from that i don't know what else winter really brings to the table
0: <laughs> so that was the liverpool man U game if you didn't follow any of the action or you live under a rock no offense patrick patrick star starfish patrick, patrick starfish yeah patrick star patrick i was gonna starfish. make a rock reference oh which my. uh <laughs> happened in an mls game our new video on youtube i don't know if you either saw the body slam tim
1: melia put oh. down on the sounders striker yes it was a thing of beauty wwe took notes they want that incorporated into their matches every week
2: definitely could have used that in the uh united game i think uh it felt like you could argue united was body slammed Mm. much like that Uh, uh that that is unfairly right and and from behind okay so very offensible thing look you don't walk into someone else's house and and just crumple up all these like wrappers and stuff and leave them on the ground. Because that's kind of what happened. Liverpool came in and they disrespected our, our space. And that's just a little rude. That's a little rude. And I'm surprised no one else was talking about that. Everyone was talking about Ole. No one was saying, you know, Liverpool kind of made a mess. And that's not really thoughtful.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to compare it to more of, you know, folks coming over to your house, opening up taking out your garbage, dumping it all over your house, actually unloading your fridge, smashing bottles, breaking windows. It was a similar to a demolition uh, of the house. Um, <laughs> I would compare that to. Uh,
0: Less WWE, more TNT is what you're yes, saying.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm.
0: Well, let's take a listen. Before we deep dive into our analysis of United Liverpool, which Liverpool won five to no, Let's take a a quick look back at the predictions Jones and Eli made for the game prior to that daunting Sunday morning viewing. Let's see just how close or far they were from the truth. Hi there,
2: Max here. I believe that the forthcoming Man United versus Liverpool game will be favoring... uh, Oh boy like the head the head says liverpool i mean easily the heart says hey you know what maybe maybe united pull it out um yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh I, probably probably to be safe you go you go 3-1 liverpool maybe it's just offense is rolling with them right now
0: so yeah this should be a really interesting game man you not in the best run of form right now Tying Everton, losing to Leicester. Liverpool has been doing pretty well in both the Champions League and beating up on Watford in their last game. They've been scoring a lot of goals recently, so I can't see Manu keeping them off the score sheet. For Liverpool defensively, I do think Van Dijk will handle Ronaldo pretty easily. It's more of a question of whether Robertson and Arnold can keep Greenwood, keep Jadon Sancho, keep Pogba, keep those guys from getting in behind, beating them down the wings. Final score... Liverpool to win two to one. I do think we could see more goals than that, though, given how hot both teams have been offensively.
2: Uh, just so for for an insight for you guys, what I was thinking through during during my prediction was whether or not. Um, really, it was a question of how bad is it going to be? Is it going to be like the the one in ten chance that Ole is back against the wall, a classic? Like this is the game to define and provide, like, prove that he should retain his 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 managerial status or is it going to be the the final game that actually goes the right way where he doesn't escape with some last gasp goal or two like a, a formal beatdown and um and uh, yeah I just wasn't I don't know confidence was low backline was looking bad Salah was hot uh did I predict that Salah got a hat trick no should I've said that probably um but yeah,
0: no, it felt pretty certain to me that United were at least were not winning that game. Agreed. That was, that was where my prediction went as well. I knew they would take care of Ronaldo pretty handily, especially just Van Dyke. My question for Liverpool defensively was, could their wingers stop Greenwood, stop Rashford, stop Pogba, Whoever was playing out wide, could Alexander Arnold and um, Robertson do the job? Or would it turn into a really high-scoring back-and-forth affair since it did feel like goals were coming looking at their past-recent results for both of these teams. And goals came, but only for one side. And that was Liverpool. Because Man U, Tifo put out a good video talking about Man U's press. I don't know if either of you saw that, but just how flawed the strategic pressing Man U was doing, mostly because of their personnel. They just couldn't handle it. That Greenwood and Rashford... Weren't doing a good job pressing. Ronaldo gives you nothing in that department up top. And then Fernandez was also stepping up. They were getting destroyed in that back line. The Man U defense was overcompensating. So anyways, I thought it would be a high-scoring game. I could not have predicted it would be this much of a one-sided high-scoring game. Did you enjoy watching it, Icy?
1: Very much so. I did. And I had to leave at the 40th minute. But I was... I got a good dose of of Liverpool goals, um, which is exactly what I wanted. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I didn't get a prediction, but the in before the game. But I would have thought my my biggest worry, and it usually is with Liverpool, is the midfield. And I thought Fabinho, who ended up not playing at all this match, I thought he would have his hands full with Fernandez, and I thought that'd be a good matchup. You know, he's got to be aggressive with Bruno and and set the tone early. Uh, but you know, I was happy to see our midfield actually did did really well and I think Eli touched on you know Tifo's video explaining ex, you know explaining the strategic press possibly not not working super well for United and then their defense kind of being stretched and um, Liverpool exposing the gaps. I think um, that that really I think alleviated my midfield concerns for for the match. but overall, look, I thought Christmas came early. that's how I'm viewing this game. <laughs> Uh, it was it was fantastic. I think Mo, Mo, Mo Salah is playing like he wants a huge contract, which he's about to get. He should absolutely. He has huge leverage after this, uh, you know, hat trick against Man United. Um, and so the team's looking really good. They just gotta avoid injuries and keep playing smart, cool, calm, collected soccer.
0: Vardy might be getting nervous. Salah's coming for his consecutive game scoring streak. He's either on seven or eight right now in, in the Premier League and 10 overall, including Champions League, which is so. And Vardy's I'm actually...
1: Team I, team. I don't want to jinx it, but you know, with contract deals, it's like, oh, they get signed... Like uh, Abumayang, signed to a big deal. Ends up not living up to, you know, after the deal, doesn't actually perform super well like he was beforehand. So I hope they just kind of keep the contract stuff under wraps. Just get it done, give him what he wants. He's worth it, and then just you know let him let him just play the way he is. Um, so that that is actually something that's making me a little nervous going forward.
0: Yeah, but well rounded team. I mean, legitimately Liverpool are title contenders at this point. It felt like they would be the team out this year, if any. Between Chelsea, Man U, and Man City at the beginning of the season, I forget if I put them ahead of. I think I put Man U ahead of them in my projected table in the beginning of the year. But now, I mean, after this showing, how good they've looked, it's really hard to pick between them, Chelsea, City, for who's gonna who's gonna take on the ship. And Man U, I mean, top four. It's still pretty early. It's just a couple of rough showings in a row. Would you still you're still expecting still looking for top four Jones for Man U? You'd, you'd like to think on paper
2: that theoretically they, they should be a top four shoe in. <clears throat> um, and it has been a, a bit of like a slight skid for the past couple weeks. Um, you look at when uh, Jose Mourinho was let go and Ole came in or like whenever there's been a transition, there's usually like a, a reignition from the, from the team shortly thereafter. And, and that can spark them back on the right track. Um what will define whether United fall in that top four, or dare I say, do they finish five? Are we having that conversation um, is um, is just how much they skid the next couple of weeks. Because if they can pull out a couple draws against uh, you know the cities of the world, they could you know potentially hold themselves back, um, and, and Chelsea they could hold themselves back in that that top four race. But um, you know we'll see.
0: Lot to see, but not looking good. It's going to be a very telling stretch here for Manu. Can they recover in time for Tottenham, City, Watford in the middle there, then Chelsea, Arsenal? Big five games, big five games coming up for Manu.
2: Big five games, and we'll see if Ole's around to see them. Uh,
0: there's been a lot, a lot
2: of chatter about um, Conte coming in and replacing him. Uh, I think a lot of people don't want him. I don't think he's like the ideal choice. He's defensive and he'll it doesn't matter. We can save that for another time. But point is we'll see. Maybe next pod, you know, we're talking about the new manager at Man United.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't. We'll see. Before we move to La Liga winter, one more for you. Liverpool, who's been your most exciting uh kind of under the raider raider? Under the reader. Player this year that's not Salah, not Mane, not the absolute superstars. But who's been your most exciting player to watch or best performer? That's you know not one of those two superstars.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I have been impressed. I you know, honestly, recently, it's been Naby Keita. Uh, he he scored a couple really really stunning goals in I think both Champions League. He had a beautiful, I think they were both beautiful volleys. Um, One was definitely against Atletico and I forget when the other, if it was a prem game or not, but you know, Naby Keita he's been scoring um, in in the past few games and, and he's not the player who, who I had known who could, who could do that. So he's playing well, he's getting some confidence. He is, he is shaky on defense. That's just a fact. Um, But attacking, he's doing well and he's, he's bringing a lot to the team. So So that's huge. I would like to see him uh, improve a bit on defense, but uh, he's been, yeah, he's definitely caught my eye for sure.
0: He's been unreal. And uh, Konate got a a start, big start against Man U, right?
1: uh, Off-season signing. I was very happy to see him out there. I can't recall seeing him maybe one other game this season uh, on the pitch, but... He looked great. I really liked that he uh, shoved Bruno Fernandez when there was a little scrap. When Ronaldo sort of kicked out uh, uh, Jones, blanking on the first name Jones on the ground, great. and there was a little, little scuffle, a little scuffle, and uh, Van Dyke pushed Ronaldo. Bruno pushed Van Dyke, and then Kanate came in and pushed uh, Bruno. So I love to see that. I love the big boys hanging out, you know, sticking up for each other. So it's brotherhood right there. It's a good, good defenders, good duo.
0: One hundred percent, the way to get into IC's heart is play some bully ball. Don't you know? Pick fights. Don't don't back down. That wins you points with IC. It sure does. La Liga second clasico, Madrid Barcelona. Not the Madrid, not the Barcelona of old, as we've talked about a couple times on this pod. Two one Madrid, and the game was never really in doubt. At least watching watching through those highlights, a nice early goal from Alaba for uh, Real Madrid, who still got it, obviously, at that left-back, left-wing position. And Aguero, more of a, a nice-to-have than anything, gets his name on the score sheet late to bring it back to 2-1, but that was final minute of the game. So Madrid take home a big dub in this uh, this famous old rivalry. Is this Is this like it for Barcelona? This is what fans should expect now the next two, three years. They're just going to be the punching bag relative to wh- where they once were.
2: It does seem if you uh, I think uh, if you look at the Clasico results, the past three or four games have all gone in favor of Real Madrid, which I believe is the first time that's happened since like the 60s or something. So um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at, at different days here uh, and not just that both teams are far from their top of the world status, but but also it means El Clasico. It just is, isn't what it once was. You know, it doesn't have the magnitude, the, the buzz that, that you'd be speaking about it for for weeks beforehand and marking calendar dates so you can build your schedule around it. Now it was kind of an afterthought. Um, and uh, that's why it's on ESPN. Um, but but overall, I, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine Barcelona really having a proper battle with Real, especially if they land in Mbappe next year then it sounds like Barcelona is going to be really focused on their their youth, their their Gavi and their Pedro and their Ansu Fati's of the world. Um, so
0: hopefully they can beat Real Madrid by, I don't know, 2026 or something. But might take a little bit. By the time the World Cup is here, held in the US, that's when folks should expect Barcelona to be back on their game. Challenging for titles. Any thoughts on that game I see?
1: Not too many. You know, the biggest takeaway, Jones kind of alluded to, El Clasico really isn't, it, it. it's not what it used to be. It lost its prestige. I know for us, and I'm sure countless soccer fans out there, I'm looking at the table right now. Real Madrid's in second place. Barcelona's in ninth. I mean, uh, Barcelona, this is not their year. I would imagine it's not going to be their couple seasons. Um, I'm still upset with them for the messy stuff, but for this match... Um seemed like kind of a boring one I actually couldn't find any highlights all the videos they were kind of just hidden from the world which was super annoying um but yeah uh, it seemed like a boring match until 90 plus stoppage time where two goals were scored so um yeah a little bit a little bit of fun at the end but I'm glad I didn't I didn't watch it
0: on the Madrid side I will say Vinicius Jr looked very dangerous and not that he's lost some of his hype, but maybe because these teams, because the rivalry hasn't been as strong, you don't hear about him as much. That could also just be me, but he looked super quick, running at players, beating players. He still could be one of the best players in the world come five years from now. We'll see when all these young talents, these young studs develop. And on the Barcelona side, we've got our boy Serginho Dest, the US men's national team player, and he's been playing on the wing recently, which... I think, I forget if it was him or Komen, the Barcelona manager said like, look, it might've been Dest saying, look, I feel comfortable out there. You know, I have played out here a couple times before, wherever the team needs me, that kind of stuff. He did miss a wide open net, which was tough to watch. It hurt my heart. And then I also realized how cool is it that Dest is the one creating chances for Barcelona in El Clasico. And that, that brought me back down to earth.
2: Well, can you imagine Barcelona player scoring the game-winning game winning goal in the world cup final for the u.s yeah i can i can I
0: can't imagine that it's the same situation we'll get to this game in a sec but the um conrad de la fuente on marseille had a great chance to score against psg as well and so watching these highlights sort of back to back to prepare for the pod today it was just like whoa kind of a weird moment Des created an opportunity similar to his goal against um not costa rica it was was it Costa Rica for the U.S.? Cut inside on his left, ripped it just over the post, just over the crossbar. So exciting for him. Some old faces. They're slowly fading. Busquets, uh, I guess Modric, Benzema. Those are, These are the names of El Clasico's past still left on the teams. Alba, PK. It's the Youngbloods time, though. Time to shine. 2-1 Madrid. Let's go to France. Go to PSG Marseille. This was another one of the red cards. We didn't even talk about the Pogba red card, which was just kind of ridiculous. But another red card here for PSG in the 57th minute. And even with that red card, neither team scored. With all the firepower they have, no goals for PSG. Nil no, nil. No. The,
2: um, the headline that I've been seeing is, um, is a continued push uh, or heightened sensitivity around uh, Pochettino's ability to coach this PSG team. And that, um, and that oddly enough, there are conversations floating out there. Namely, I'm thinking of IFE Soccer, uh, another um, soccer content crew, um, that they're holding Pochettino uh, as responsible as Ole for the team's ineptitude. Um, and the difference here, of course, is that United's getting thrashed, whereas PSG's not just not winning games, but that's the expectation that comes with what is arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. This PSG, you know, format, um, and in turn begs the question: you know, shouldn't they be dominating? Shouldn't they be winning more? And then you look at the league table, and you're looking PSG's chilling. <laughs> PSG's comfortable at the front there. Seven games, they can tie Marseille. They're not going to bust anything. And, and there was a red card. They lost Hakimi in like the 57th minute. So like ease up, young blood. Um, I, I didn't catch the highlights. Icy, were you able to catch the highlights for this one?
1: I, I did. And there were a couple of goals uh, called back due to offside. Unfortunate, you know, Neymar got a really nice or a fortunate deflection off a of Marseille defender into the net and... Marseille actually had this nice worked, well worked uh, movement up the field and got a goal in, um, but it was it was called back. It was offsides, marginally offsides. So, a couple goals uh, disallowed, which I don't know, kind of irks fans, I'm sure, but they were the right calls. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I, yes, PSG should be dominating. You like to think. Um, bummer that they're not, but like you said, Jones, they are well ahead in in League 1 and they have really nothing to fear I mean if I were a fan I should be I would be judging Pochettino and how he does in Champions League that's the big thing they want that's all, really all that they need to you know to kind of solidify themselves in the in the European soccer world and so if he's not doing well in Champions League you can get mad at him in Ligue 1 I think they'll be just fine that's sort of the tough part it's
0: like taking a class where 80% of the grade is the final because <laughs> it's that's what that's all it is. They're going to win Liga. They're too good. They're already ahead by seven points and they're like 10 games in and it's just going to come down to the Champions League. Once they hit the knockout stages, do they lose a game? Or I guess it's it's uh, home and away still. So at least there's two games to play with. But if they can't get by someone, he's probably fired, especially if they keep the whole team or maybe if they lose Mbappe, he's still fired. It's a tough job. Tough Yab. Yeah,
2: yeah. It probably doesn't pay enough either. It's probably just like really tough <laughs> you doesn't get overtime or anything like that. It's just not a cushy lifestyle. No,
0: that's tough. There were the incidents from the game were about Marseille fans throwing bottles and other stuff at PSG players taking corners. I don't know if you saw that. I see that was the only. No, other I,
1: I, I did not. I, I I'm still shocked line. to see see footage like that. And why why concessions give fans bottles and stuff like that. that doesn't make sense to me
0: should be should be liquid nitrogen
1: these days <laughs> something more advanced correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if well i can't speak for jones or either of you i don't know if you guys have been to a prem game in england at a stadium but i'm pretty sure you have to do your concession business in like an area and you can't bring it down to your seat
0: yeah, um, if you get a beer, okay. you have to drink it in the in the hallway, which is hilarious if you've never experienced before. And when you buy your first drink,
1: because everyone's oh, okay. standing
0: outside chugging chugging drinks.
1: Nice, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I don't know if you're actually if you're serious. No, or I'm, not, being serious. But, I'm being yeah, serious. I'm being serious. Yeah. 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 It's um, you know, the Prem does it. Yeah. You know, prem arguably, you hear a lot about you know, stereotypically has crazy fans, and you know, no bottles are being thrown at players, which is a good thing. So, more more leagues stadium should do that
0: it's a good takeaway and it also takes us to our last classico inter juventus in italy in Serie A, 1-1 final juventus kind of lucked out with the pk in the 89th minute that was sort of questionable
1: did either of you catch those highlights i did inter looked the better team and played Yeah, you know, played better throughout the whole game. Chiesa and Dybala on Juventus came in in the 64th minute. Don't know what the thinking was from the manager. Uh, Those are two very good skilled players, why they weren't in from the beginning. Whatever, I I don't watch um, Juventus too much, but hopefully there's a reason for that. But uh, Dybala scored the PK, so he he made an impact. Uh, But yeah, like you said, Juventus kind of lucked out. Inter Milan looked better. Um I, I can see. I don't know what the league standings are, or the the Serie A standings, but uh, I would I would think Inter is definitely going to be competing. Juventus has a little bit of work to do, I would imagine.
0: Just another one of team, another one of these teams that Ronaldo leaves in his wake, you know, rebuilding. He was there for two years, maybe three, three years. two or three. three. Years. Was he there for three years? I think so. He's just been doing this for so long, at such a high level. Yeah, Juventus they're struggling a bit. I mean, so Inter's doing fine as well. It's actually Napoli and Milan tied at the top and Inter after winning it last year, they'll for they'll for sure be in the mix. But without Lukaku, it's kind of interesting seeing how um seeing how it'll play out for them because he it, it felt like he was that good last year. He was one of the main reasons they took home the the trophy. So no Lukaku, no Eriksen after his scary incident at Euros, who which, you know, possibly just retires him for the rest of his career. So that'll be, it'll be a tight one in Serie A this year. And Juventus are definitely not a clear-cut favorite, which is kind of exciting. It's a league that's finally back up for grabs after a 10-year stretch or whatever it was.
2: Yeah. It, it whenever And whenever these teams start dominating you, uh, or excuse me, fall off, and you have these other teams that are starting to flourish, it, it becomes exciting. It means that there are other players that you can start to learn about who might be young and up and coming and suddenly uh, very relevant. So it's always fun to look at like Napoli's lineup and say, Oh, who are these guys and how are they doing so well? Um, and then similarly with, with teams like Inter Milan, how, how could you have won a championship and, and then suddenly start to fall
0: off? But there's a lot of, there's a lot of other back and forth there. Um love to see Dzeko still scoring goals. Just had to look up how old he was 35 and it's going to be tough to top his uh, city involvement and then winning the Premier League on that fateful Aguero call that's that's the moment I'll remember him for most was scoring the header to tie it up right before then but he's still doing it at 35 helps to be tall because even though he's he'll lose a little speed he still scores headers and will for a while so that's kind of nice for him
1: definitely helps
0: Those were the big games this past weekend. The other Classico we didn't mention was Minnesota United versus LAFC in the MLS, uh, which finished 1-1. Pretty big game for Minnesota's playoff hopes, wouldn't you say, Ice?
1: Absolutely, and it was one that the team will definitely want back. Dominant performance, in my opinion, from from MNUFC. A really unfortunate goal that they gave up to LAFC right between the goalkeeper's arms between his legs <laughs> back of the net um the team looked good should have won dominated good possession in the opponent's half uh, from MNUFC. you know good things got got a point we're sitting in sixth if i if i am remembering correctly and we've got vancouver on wednesday and they are in seventh so everything is coming down to the wire here um great show great show kind of nervous but um Look, we've got Vancouver, and then we've got Sporting KC next, which that admittedly is going to be a tough one. Um, and then Galaxy as the final game of the season, and they're sitting in fifth. So Vancouver, Galaxy, we've got to really, really take those points away from them. So. Cheat-clenching time.
0: That's what that is. Cheat-clenching time of the season. Sure is. Just not for the Chicago Fire. They did help you out by beating Real Salt Lake this past weekend.
1: Yeah, that was huge. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys.
0: We
2: do what we can, brother.
1: I heard Jones. You had the winning goal.
2: Yeah, uh, as I, as I, as one does. Uh, the way the Chicago Fire team works, if if it hasn't been explained, um, is they are so bad they just let fans come on the field and and take free kicks for them. Um, and so I hit it, and it didn't go in. But then the but then it but then it's live play after that, and you're on the field. And so they
0: bounced around. I'd hit a volley from pretty far out, went in. It's not a big deal.
1: But yeah, Not a big deal. Nice.
0: Was this one of the, I know they switch off. Was this one of the raffle instances? Or this was the like, get your kid to be principal for the day. And like someone paid for you to take the free kick. Like why was it you selected?
2: (laughs) Uh, If I recall, I was the only one in the stadium available. (laughs) Um, They'd asked, they had had surveyed the crowd and I had raised my hand and they'd already said no earlier because they were hoping someone else would come in, but no one else yeah. did. So. And you
0: were eating like you were, they, were, Oh, that was they the needed other, yes. someone, but you were mid nachos. I
2: had nachos in one hand, three hot dogs in the other. <laughs> and I was, I literally had my drink in my mouth. So I was just, I sounded like a seal. I was like, oh, yeah. right. But yeah, no, I'd scored and finished
0: a Frank at the same time. Hey, we can't talk smack about soldier field attendance because there was a ton of people there on Saturday. Which saw you? Who saw you score that goal? Mm. Uh, but they've hit someone. Someone tweeted something about how good their attendance has been recently, which is amazing, shocking almost. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I I would like that, to see that's the, impressive
0: uh... given their ranking in the stadium. <laughs> hey, dedicated Chicagoans, just here for their their city. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: that's that playoffs coming up in the U.S. and WSL also getting very tight, so we'll have to take a closer look at. Those two North American leagues, when we chat again next week. But some exciting matchups from the past week. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great week since this is a late release pod, fresh off the press Monday night. And we'll see you next week.
1: Love you. See you next week. You could just pile the popcorn into your mask. You had to pile it (laughs) in, exactly. One at a time, you just hear like... (laughs) 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 That was Joan.
2: Yeah, I bought a bag way too big for myself and ate it.